0: Welcome to the Next Talk Podcast. We are passionate about keeping kids safe in an overexposed world. It's Mandy and Kim, and we're navigating tech, culture, and faith with our kids. Okay, Kim, I've had a couple moms recently reach out and ask me kind of the same question. And my response has always been like, okay, you're smothering your kid. you you're 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 smothering your kid, <laughs> but the, but the question is kind of like, you know, and these are these are parents that have been practicing our Next Talk principles forever. So they've grown up with their kid. They've they've implemented the reporting red flags that we want to go off in kids' brains. Their kids were young and reporting things to them, creating good conversation at home. Kid got a phone, it went real smoothly because we had all those principles and we had all those principles in place, right? So kid got a phone and there's bumps, but for the most part, it went smoothly because we had some standard operating norms in the in the home already, which was our goal, right? But then what happens is, you know, they become like 15, 16, and they're like, I'm ready for some independence, and mom is not. <laughs> mom is 100% not (laughs) because mom has been next talking it or dad, you know, I'm talking to mom. So that's why I'm saying it. Um, And I'm particularly seeing it with moms and sons. Like that's where the questions are coming from. And, um, you know, they hit 15 or 16 and son is like, why are you still checking my phone every week? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Like, this feels weird. And mom is like, well, that's what we always do. That's what we always, that's what we do. And so they're reaching out to me saying, what is happening? Is he trying to be sneaky? Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. The kid may be trying to be sneaky, but I think most of the time, (laughs) generally speaking, your kids just growing up and they want you yeah. to like not smother them to death, not helicopter them to death. And I think that's a really hard space for a mama's heart. I think it's a it's a it's a tough situation.
1: Well, and I think you nailed it on the fact that that mother-son connection is a little different too because we're girls. We know what it's like to be a girl. And so if you've got a boy who's growing up and he's dating or he's, you know, reaching uh, these milestones in his life, um, we're used to being the one that's there to walk him through it and to walk hand in hand in that main woman in his life. And so it's a new season in a lot of different ways with dating, with interests outside of spending time with family or whatever it is they are changing a lot. And a lot of that happens on their phone. And so they want to be disconnected from you. They want more time to look at it. They want to be with their friends and go places more often. And yeah, mamas are like, "Um, but what about me? And we can't do that. We got to let them go. It's natural, healthy, and good that they're growing up and branching out.
0: So when this was happening in my home with my oldest, of course she was a girl, you know, and now I have a 16-year-old boy, but what when it first started happening with my daughter years ago, I saw that she was not wanting to tell me everything and that mm-hmm. she was g- getting more independent. She was learning to discern the big things to tell me and the little things that she didn't need to tell me, right? I mean, because yeah, when they're little, they're just processing everything with you. But as they get older, the goal is they discern for themselves. But Mm -hmm. if there's something that like is keeping them up at night, that is, you know, a big new thing that's happening in their friend group that wasn't before. I mean, that's a, that's a tell me kind of situation kind of thing. Right. But they're discerning, like, how much do I have to tell mom and dad now? And that is very normal. That doesn't mean you don't have open communication. That means your kid is growing up. But when I was going through this, I had a a woman on our team and she's got a few years older than I, and she, she looked at me. I remember one day I was having this moment where I was like, she's pulling away. She's not telling me as much. I'm losing my kid. Oh my gosh. You know, your mama (laughs) brain is just spiraling. (laughs) Like none of this really worked. And uh, she looked at me and she goes, I need you to trust what you've taught. I need you to trust what you've taught. You've created a foundation of open communication in your home. And so what your kid is trying to do is now balance that with her being her own person. And what do I tell mom? And and there may be some missteps along the way. I mean, you guys are both navigating this. It's a new space, but it's completely normal. It's completely normal. And I'm going to be honest with you. When she first told me that, I thought to myself as a young mom, I'm going to be really vulnerable and honest here. And I I love (laughs) this woman, right? And I trust her. But I thought, Mm-mm, she doesn't have the kind of relationship with her kid that I have. <laughs> like <laughs> we are closer. We talk about all the things, right? <laughs> that was because that was my because I didn't want to let go. Th- that's yeah. the thing. I was defensive because I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to let my kid grow up gradually, which is really important. And uh, looking back now, that mom was full of wisdom, and now it's advice that I give to people because you do have to trust what you've taught. Now, I'm not saying, though, no more boundaries and no more expectations. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. So I'm not saying, okay, now you're saying to your 15-year-old, you want more privacy, get your phone in your bed all night. No, no, they're not ready for that, right? (laughs) But I mean, when they're 15 or 16, it shouldn't be like you get an hour a day on screens. Like, that's kind of (laughs) weird. Like (laughs) That's kind of weird at that point. I mean, yeah, you may do that when they're 12 or 13 because they're navigating it. But you have to evolve with your kid at fifteen or sixteen. You know, I'm looking at what are they spending time with on their phone, right? So is it is it group text with their friends? Is it um, them playing a video game with friends or by themselves? Like that's a big difference. One is a social thing. One is like an isolation thing. So you're monitoring these sorts of things. Isolation, you need to get a hold of that. If it's a social thing, it, again, it's like us going to the mall, except they're coming home at night and all getting on Clash of Clans or Madden or Fortnite or something. And they're having a, a social event where they meet up online and play a game together, right?
1: Yeah. I will tell you, Mandy, something that dawned on me the other day that I had not really thought about before. Uh, when your kids are little, You are mostly their source for a lot of things. You take up a lot of their emotional and physical energy because they're young. That's just how the relationship is. That's their developmental stage. And the other day I was talking to someone about capacity and it was like a light bulb moment. Like As our kids are getting older, they have a certain amount of capacity also. And we want them to learn how to pour into other relationships and friendships and their interests. And so their capacity for your relationship should be shrinking a little bit because they're, they got to live their life. They got to do all these other things. And if you are still like 90% of their time, that's out of balance for their age. We've got to let them spread their wings, experience new things, learn about things, go new places, have different relationships. And that means... Our time with them is gonna be more limited, and that's good. That's how it's supposed to be. It's just hard because it's a new thing, and it just takes some time to process. And that's why it's good to have a heads up mom. Like Mandy is so much older than me, so she's my heads up mom.
0: Okay, and stop. I am what? <laughs> you say older, that every time Kim? a year older? Yeah. Yes. You just have kids later. Older. You were traveling the world with your radio. I was traveling. Thing. Yes, I was. I was it's having true. kids. I was having sex and kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. You're only a year older, but very wise. And I will call her and I'm like, oh, this is happening or this isn't happening, and it's just great to be able to have that mentor or wise person who's walked through it to say, "Hey, this is normal or here's, you know, some ideas." So, I always encourage people, and you know Mandy does too, if you know someone that can be that for you, invest in it,
0: yeah, because when when they they do start growing up and and you know not talking to you as often, you know you're not laying in bed for hours on hours when they were in fourth grade anymore right. when they're sixteen. I mean, I was telling you today, I sometimes just am so excited to get fifteen minutes of good talk time every couple of days with my teenager right like that excites me. I think as they get older, you have to be super flexible. Like when they're ready to talk, you have to be ready to talk. When they were little, you could kind of dictate or kind of, you you had a little bit more control of their schedule and time and you don't anymore. And I love how you said, you know, their capacity is limited because they're pouring into other relationships too, whether that be friendships, people on their sports teams, relationships, like dating relationships, whatever that is, is that is a good thing. You want your kids to grow in those. Um now they do need to know they do need to be able to discern, you know, when they're in over their head, when they need help and advice, when to get mom and dad involved you know, when something new is popping up that it's like, whoa, there's never been on my radar before, mom. What is this? You know, those are some core key things, but you know, at 16, that if they're telling you every cuss word, well, first of all, they're not telling you every cuss word they hear <laughs> or every inappropriate conversation they're a part of. Like it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Your, your expectations yeah. are too much on them and they're, the kid is going to feel smothered and then that is going to shut down all communication Because then it's like every little thing I take to her becomes this big hoopla thing. And it's so exhausting to me. I don't have the capacity for that. So then it's just, that's where we see the breakdown of communication that we don't want to see with our older kids. So I'm telling Cam all the time, you got to be chill. You cannot be cringe. You cannot be overreactionary. You cannot (laughs) ask a lot of questions, even though you may have them right at first. You may need to step back and process what was just brought to you from your teenager. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe... In two days, you'll have another 15 minutes where you could dive into that just a little bit more. Hey, I was thinking about what you said and, you know, this popped up in my mind. What do you think about that? Or something like that. And I'm always asking, like, what do you think about it? Instead of making blatant statements, you know, because, because then it's like, am I thinking about this wrong? Tell me, maybe I'm overreacting. What do you think? That way it's getting their input instead of just lecturing. Right. Also, I think that's really important for teenagers. One thing as you were talking, Kim, and you were talking about letting your kid grow up and letting your kid pour into other relationships, and they're not going to have the same amount of capacity for you and your relationship. One thing that kept just going off in my brain was, this is why motherhood is not your identity. This is why. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you right now, my kid my oldest it's like she's she's left the house she's moved out right mhm your kids i know it does not feel that way if you are a young parent and you're listening to this podcast you're like the days will never end it's exhausting like i'm <laughs> never going to get out of this stage i know it's long it's hard work it is but it does end it does end and if your whole identity is wrapped up in your kid You're not going to be able to let them go because then you lose themselves. And then you are going to smother that child to death, like helicopter them to death to where they were going to move out and they're not going to want to come home ever. Right. Right? And we see this a lot. We see this a lot. And so I'm telling you right now, I know motherhood and, and being a parent, it's a big part of who we are. Absolutely. It requires a lot of time a lot of sacrifice on our parts, financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically, all of it, right? Like we just give and give and give to serve our children. But we have to realize that that is for a season and that's not our identity. Our identity is God. Like we are a child of God. We tell kids that, right? Don't pick up a label when you're 12. You're a child of God. Parents, you have to practice what you preach, God has a purpose for you, yes, to raise this kid, but He has a purpose for you in the kingdom of God. Like, what are you supposed to be doing serving Jesus, right? Get plugged into a church. If you're in a phase where you're like, my kids are growing up and I just, I feel like I have to reinvent myself. Go to a local church, get involved in ministry. There are young parents who would love for you to pour into them right there's so many ministry opportunities you can foster a kid you can babysit for foster kids and give foster parents you know a break there's so many ways that you can take the skills that you've learned as a parent and help other people but it's not your identity because your identity is serving others serving Jesus
1: Well, and I'm glad you said that because it's not just for you, but modeling that for your kid, you know, you are their first teacher. And so when your kid becomes a parent, for them to be able to look back and say, you know, my mom was a great mom, but she also did this. And she also, you know, used her gifts and talents to do that. And for them to see that, it's a great example for them um, as a parent. And then like what you said, if you smother them and you make your identity all about them, they're not going to want to come back. And that relationship that you're so wanting to have closeness with will be hurt. And it'll it'll be torn because they just can't wait to get away from you. So even not coming back, just calling or connecting or being able to continue that parent-child relationship as they go through other big phases of life, you're always parenting, you don't want to mess that up because you were overbearing. So I think those are two other things that coincide with what you're saying, Mandy. It's not just about the right now, but also the the fruit of the way that you're treating this relationship, good fruit or bad fruit. We really get to decide.
0: Well, and you know, I, all of these parents who have contacted me, they're really good parents. They're really good parents and they're plugged into Next Talk and they want a open communication. And all of that is great. You know, I believe in open communication. I believe it saved my kids from so many things on the internet and just culture too, because They would come home and ask me, right? So I believe in open communication wholeheartedly. I believe it's it's the answer to so much in our homes, and it's commanded to us by God in Deuteronomy six, six and seven. You know, like to talk with your kids about all these things. Like we're commanded to do that. So it's biblical. It's scriptural. It is a solution that God gives us. But I think we have to be careful because, again, sometimes what we do is we, we we grasp onto something like open communication, right, and then. And then we just stay there stagnant, and it almost becomes an idol in our life where we're swinging the pendulum so far that we're like, well, if our 22-year-old isn't calling us, telling us every moment about their day, something's wrong. That's weird. That's weird (laughs) if your expectation is on your 22-year-old to call you every day and tell you everything about their day. That's We want to create a, a person, an individual person who can go out and live for Jesus and discern on their own. And call me with big things. Yeah. But you need to be able to figure some things out on your own. We're creating a disciple, right? That like we're sending a disciple out into the world. And um, and I just think we need to remember that. You know, I think about Jesus and his 12 disciples. And yeah, he spent all this time like with them, right? Building this relationship with them. But then there come a moment when he was like, I'm leaving. Go, you're ready. Right? That's what that's what that's what we're supposed to do with our kids. And I think that we don't want to give it up because we love it and then we love them. And then we sometimes don't trust what we've taught. We don't.
1: And well, it like, kind of reminds me of how he's like, I I'm leaving, but I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to take with you, which is even better. Same. That's your teaching for your kids. And they have the Holy Spirit too. But when you say trust what you taught, that's what
0: we're doing. Go. And what I have taught you, take with you and you will be okay. Well, and I love what you said, you know, in that scripture, when he says, I'm leaving and I'm leaving you with the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. You you just said it. Your kids have the Holy Spirit and and parents, the Holy Spirit in your kids is better than you. And I know that's hard to like, because we're like, but we poured so much time and energy and well, but, but we are flawed. We get crap wrong all the time. We want our kid to be listening to the spirit of the Holy Spirit, or we want our kids to be listening to the, to the Holy Spirit over us. So then when they start to separate and this natural progression happens of letting go and then gaining some independence, right? Um we're, we're trusting what we've taught because we know they have the Holy Spirit and they can go out into the world and they can discern. And then the Holy Spirit will prompt them. Uh Oh, this is a conversation you need to have with parents because this is getting out of control or this is something new or whatever. But, but that's the goal here. And I just think we have to be careful. Uh, you know, people are like open communication. Like you just have to spill your guts about everything. That's not what this is. That's not what this is. This is creating a culture Where we're creating a disciple that can go out and listen to the Holy Spirit. But yes, there's this accountability in this inner circle that if you ever need a safe place to land or you need to talk or we need to process this with you, we're right here. We're right here. You've got us, right? You know, being a parent
1: is one of the greatest things I have ever been blessed to get to do. And anytime something's really good or you invest a lot of energy or time or love into it, it's hard when it changes. And so there's nothing easy about parenting. And I think this is one of those phases or steps that it's hard when it's time to let go and move into a new season that's not as familiar. And so it's easy to smother. It's easy to get all up in your kid's business because you just miss them or you just care so much. And so if you're like me and you've had to hear from Mandy, like, back it up, sister. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but it's so important.
0: Well, and when I say that to parents, like, I don't say that being mean. Like I say that in, oh my gosh, you got to be careful here. You're going to push your kid away. Like, I don't want that for you. You've worked so hard to build this amazing relationship with your kid. Like, I don't want you smothering your kid to the point where they're not going to, they're going to shut down. And you're at this point when they're, where they're growing up that you do have to give some independence kind of thing. But but hear me on this, still talk about expectations and guidelines and all the things. It's just like when you're a kid and I know you're thinking, you may be thinking practical things with a phone. So when do they get full independence in a bedroom or with a phone or whatever? If you have a trustworthy relationship with them, um, you need to catch them doing something awesome and then they, they earn the phone in the room. The reason for that is they're going to probably move out at 18 and do something And so we want them to be prepared for that. That's a real life skill. Like how do we balance this? How do we have self-control with the phone in our room? And so we want to teach those skills while they're in our home. Um, It's just like driving a car. When your kid first starts out, you're all up in their business. Like you're all, you're talking about stoplights and, you know, you're riding with them and you're saying that was a rolling stop. That's not okay. That's not, and you're all up in their business, but two years into them driving, you're not really harping on them as much unless you see bad behavior or maybe they get a speeding ticket. And then it's like, okay, I had let the kite string out and you were having all this independence. We need to reel this in for a minute. Why were you speeding? Like, this is a conversation, right? We teach the lesson, but we're but then we give independence. There are going to be mistakes. There are going to be mistakes along the way. They are kids. They are trying to figure this out. They are creating, they're, they are doing this like separation thing where they're like, I'm my own person, but I love my family. And how do I figure this out? How do I navigate this? And so I just think it's really, really important to recognize when it starts happening and not go into crazy parent smother mode. We have to be real careful about that because I I know that that is going to have adverse reactions on your relationship that I don't want it to have. This podcast is ad-free. Because of all the people who donate to our nonprofit. Make a donation today at
1: nexttalk.org.
0: This podcast is not intended to replace the advice of a trained healthcare or legal professional or to diagnose, treat, or otherwise render expert advice regarding any type of medical, psychological, or legal problem. Listeners are advised to consult a qualified expert for treatment.